1: Today on Off-Talkal Empire, the Big Ten season is now in the books with a technically winning bowl season, even if only two out of five wins involved facing the other team's starting quarterback, then one of those guys got hurt, and then his offense fell apart. But if his offense fell apart, all that means is that they were truly Big Ten. Were they not? Big Ten football, catch the fever, opt out, hit the transfer portal... When will we ever see the sun again, here in the Midwest? On Off Tackle Empire. Your source for Big Ten talk, it's Off Tackle Empire! Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire. Your source for explaining why the Big Ten is still if not superior on the football field, uh, superior from a moral and cultural standpoint to all these other pretenders to the throne, uh, I am a line correspondent, Source, aka Steve Braun, aka I just changed my dis- my Twitter handle to uh, my Twitter display name to uh, Fathu Fryer because uh, you know it's basketball season, but I'm still <laughs> fat. I am joined by Michigan State correspondent. Andrew Grzeski and I guess we've got games to recap. As we sit here, it is the weekend of <laughs> the weekend before the national championship game, which is of course not on a weekend because that's for important sports.
0: Yeah, still on a Monday and in the context of the football title, it is easy to understand why they don't want to fight The NFL, I mean, they moved the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, all those other games that are normally on New Year's Day to avoid colliding with not even the NFL playoffs. And that was probably the right choice. Still doesn't explain March Madness. But anyway, yeah, we have a full season of Big Ten Bowls to recap here. I managed, despite being incredibly busy through the holidays, toting around an infant to all of her various fan clubs, a.k.a. relatives, Managed to watch, probably if I stitched all the chunks together, like a game and a half of the Big Ten's bowls. Like, probably six total quarters taken all together. Not, you know, when you consider that there were nine games. I think what that means is I have to resign my commission because I have watched some of all the games. Like, I don't think there was a single one that I missed entirely. But it was also like, I have the kids asleep. Oh, no, she's not asleep anymore, so I got to watch three plays of the pinstripe bowl before I had to give her another bottle to try to let her mom sleep for a minute. So that's about the base of knowledge I was working on. A lot of weird box scores, a lot of weird games. Bowl season is probably just going to be like this from now
1: on. Yeah, um, you know, one of the reasons that I I really wanted to just get to a bowl to get it done with because it's certainly not about unless you're playing for... um, Unless you're playing in the playoff, uh, it, it's certainly not a thing where you're going to get the best version of your team. So, like, I know I'm not going to get that going forward, but I was very hyped about uh, Illinois' New Year's Day bowl game, uh, having not been to an Illinois bowl game, having missed both the opportunities in my adult life to do so. Uh, and then I had a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, an extended COVID exposure really close to the game, and so I couldn't go. So, I'm chasing that dragon another year, folks. There were things I was going to step back and retire from. I can't do it now because that was going to be my grand finale. Nope, I get to chase that dragon once again. As our whole defensive line declares for the draft. Even the guys that aren't great prospects.
0: Between the draft and the transfer portal, it feels like is there? T- I'd have to go team by team, but I don't think there's a team that lost less than an additional seven to ten players beyond their normal seniors. Like constructing a roster is going to be so much more. Well, not guesswork for the coaches because presumably they know what they're doing, but in terms of trying to guess who's going to be better outside of the top, you know, six to eight programs every year, I think it's going to be a complete crapshoot. Like if you look at the season they just had and you see them bringing a new coach, for example, you would normally think that this team we're about to talk about Wisconsin is going to be in for a terrible year. But remember that they keep Braylon Allen, and then they wouldn't add a Tanner Mordecai. They have the best quarterback in the Big Ten next year now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, not to mention, of course, when you're the coach who has built a group of five team, now you get to your, your bigger destination, and now you've got an entire roster to pick and choose from, basically. You can cannibalize your old program to your heart's content. Uh, that's why it's really funny that they're even listing people from Jackson State that are still in the transfer portal.
0: Right. Where, ah, do, where do you think they're going? <laughs> <unknown>. <laughs> where do you think they're going? Really? Like, I mean, well, honestly, the ones who don't follow Sanders to Colorado are the ones who aren't good enough to go. There. Like, his whole roster isn't going to be FBS caliber. So, anyway, we did mention Wisconsin, and that we'll start there. We'll just go in direct chronological order, since this one was now what two weeks ago. Um, the guaranteed rate bowl. What did this used to be? Was this the? This was the one. No, this is the one that's in. This was the Insight Bowl at some point in the past. It's the one in Arizona. Was it? Is and then it became was it the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl for a while. Is this that same one? I think it is. Cause it's kind of like played, the middle of the pecking order. Uh,
1: since 1989, it was the Insight Bowl and then the Insight Bowl. It was the. It, it started life as the Copper Bowl. Okay. Like so, in Europe. They have this precedent of, you know, when when corporations buy naming rights to the stadium, they just call it the old name 100% of the time anyway. Yeah. Uh, Now, we're, of course, good little corporate chills here in America, and we will use whatever the updated name is, um, outside of things like the Sears Tower in Chicago.
0: Part of the pro... uh, So... Okay. But Too a lot extent. of the bowl
1: games started with corporate names. Yeah, that's big. This is one of the ones that's old enough to have an original name. So I, this yeah. is the Copper Bowl.
0: How long has it been since it was the Copper Bowl? <laughs>
1: 1996.
0: Okay, I like. I can't exactly say I remember. I was eight years old when it was the last yes, the Copper Bowl. So. But again,
1: for consistency's sake, sake, since the name is almost certainly going to change every year. Oh, what bowl game is that? Oh, it's that one in Arizona, but it's not the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Yeah, I guess. And it was, this is, it was never the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl? That's a different
1: one? Um, uh, it was the Buffalo Wild Wings okay. Bowl for two years. It was then the Cheez-It Bowl, but there's now a different bowl game that's <laughs> it's called comes, the Cheez-It Bowl. And it also, In addition to the Cheez-It Citrus <laughs> the Bowl, bowl yeah. which is not sponsored by Cheez-It Citrus. Which
0: Is Cheez-It Citrus a product?
1: No, but the cheese, okay. the cheese at right. Citrus Bowl okay. certainly makes it sound like cheese at Citrus is a product. Yes, yeah,
0: so you almost made me contemplate what a lemon lime cheese it would taste like, and I don't have anything to put in my mouth to distract me from that. That would that would wipe out that flavor. I might have to lunge over the table and steal the bottle of wine you're pouring for yourself. Yes, I am
1: drinking red wine because I have been watching the Illinois men's basketball, so <laughs> I am red and I am whining. <laughs>
0: Okay, we promise we're going to get to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Although, again, I think I watched probably about six total minutes of this one. So, this is one of the many bowl matchups this year in which neither team had its starting quarterback from the past season, Graham Mertz, in the transfer portal. He ended up at Florida, didn't he? Yeah. There was a rumor he was going to Kentucky. It was like, why would they want him? And then he went to Florida. I was like, why would they want him? Well,
1: do you remember when (laughs) Alex Hornibrook went to Florida State and then was kind of good
0: Eh, sort of, but Hornerbrook was way better at Wisconsin than Mertz ever was. Like, That's true. People forget, he was was fine.
1: Yeah, but Graham Mertz threw five touchdowns against 2020 Illinois and 2022 oh. Northwestern. Wow. Well. Some true luminaries of the sport.
0: <laughs> well, those ten touchdowns have been more or less than half of his total touchdown production at Wisconsin. We're not going to look it up. We don't have time for that. we got to keep moving. But, folks, you out there in land can look that up and let us know. By let us know, I mean... Send it to Steve by carrier pitching because you don't have any way to get in touch with me.
1: Now Chase Wolf had—I'm just going to call him Chase Wolf, not Chase Wolf, but Chase Wolf—because Chase Wolf. it sounds like a command. Uh, had 116 yards on 26 attempts. Far more efficient was Braylon Allen with 116 yards on only 22 attempts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Braylon Allen converted all 20, completed all 22 of his attempts because they were runs.
0: And Malusi a decent second fiddle there. I think he missed a good part of the end of the season. So I bl- I know Allen will be back. I think Malusi has at least one more year of eligibility. So they have a decent tandem there, even though Isaac Garendo hit the transfer portal. And more than enough in this game to have almost 200 yards on the ground from your running backs, because without Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State was completely punchless. They basically got an 84-yard touchdown in the first quarter on a basically broken play. And then after that, did basic, did essentially nothing most of the rest of the game. Uh, which is good for Wisconsin in terms of holding on to a lead because after the Badgers scored in the mid-third quarter <clears throat> to go up 24-7, they did everything they could from that point on to leave the door open. Uh, there were four drives that followed after that. They ran a total of 12 plays, lost a fumble, and did not have a drive of longer than four plays in, those four drive, in that four-drive stretch from mid-third quarter to late in the fourth. Oklahoma State scored a couple times, but ultimately on a drive that could have tied the game, they threw an interception instead. And then Wisconsin got basically just one first down was all they needed to put the game away. So they... who Did Fickle coach this game? Am I remembering that right? There was some... I thought one of the games in the conference, the new coach coached the game.
1: It was not this one.
0: Okay. So, anyway... The Jim Leonard era ends on a high note, I guess. I.
1: <laughs> oh, no, never mind. He was on the... No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, Jim Leonard was still the coach. Luke Fickle was just on the sidelines. Okay,
0: well, so that's not totally unusual. Like, that happens. Uh, I could have sworn he was, like, actually... In, I, anyway. So... We mentioned really that the off-season story for Wisconsin is what does Luke Fickle's staff come together as? I don't remember seeing all that many announcements made yet in terms of, I assume he's bringing some uh, people
1: coordinators with him. His coordinator is Phil Longo, yeah. which people are excited about with Tanner Mordecai. Of course, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, who do you put with Tanner Mordecai that isn't exciting? Like,
0: well, Wisconsin's receivers would not be exciting with Aaron Moore. They need an entire set of skill guys other than the running backs around him. But it's also, like, receivers are pretty easy to find. There are a lot of six-foot to six-foot-three guys who can run and catch the ball. Um,
1: hey, if you want somebody that can catch it in the end zone and not have it be a touchdown, Brian Hightower has entered the transfer portal. Really?
0: I You know... I guess you could say that you want more than two targets. Ed, same thing for Andrew Anthony in and Michigan. Doesn't matter how good you are if you get like two targets a game. So,
1: hey, you know what's a really fun thing? Totally derailing this conversation because just just such a weird game. It's so weird that Spencer Sanders is in the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, it is. No, I, I don't think it derails it at all. It's but, I, uh, I mentioned that's it. That's
1: not how I was going to derail. Oh, derail! Oh, Was, yep. uh,
0: you have yet—I have yet to begin to derail.
1: No, it's just a really funny thing I've been noticing is uh, guys posting, you know, graphics in which they thank, you know, their fan base and say that they're declaring for the draft. They're, they're leaving the team to declare, for, prepare for the draft. Thank you for everything. And they're guys that are out of eligibility. Oh, like, yeah, they just yeah. wanted to post a graphic. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Unless you had a couple of six year guys do that, like Matt Carrick is like, I'm prepared. I'm Moving on with my, I was like, dude. There is no possible way that you could have come back. You are absolutely out of time. But cool, it, it's fine. I hit him up with the likes and he's
1: out of touch. <laughs> he's out of time. It's
0: all well and good. Uh, yeah, but I'll tell you, I, you know, Spencer Sanders. I'm looking at the transfer portal right now. I believe is the best available quarterback. Can
1: Armstrong go somewhere?
0: Oh no, you're right. Um, actually, so, I don't think this is official, but he is listed as 100% to NC State.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, I saw something where, uh, I think his quarterback's coach from the last Bronco Mendenhall season, uh, had been hired on the staff there. Makes sense.
0: Oh, man, Colin, Sch- I didn't even know Colin Schley was in the portal.
1: Colin Schley! I
0: sure would have liked to take a swing at him,
1: anyway. <laughs> that wanted Brendan Brennan Armstrong. We gotta get a finished product out there instead of a prospect, but whatever.
0: Yeah, so, anyway... Okay, Kedon so, Slovis, also moving from Pitt to BYU. Kido, Slovis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spencer Sanders um, is definitely... They list him as a three-star transfer product. That, that's kind of insulting. Isn't the guy, like, the all-time yard total yardage leader for Oklahoma State?
1: I think so. He had some injury history. It was not... Sure, and he there threw... Were, there were times when it wasn't clear when he was going to work out.
0: He threw but, a lot of bad interceptions, but, like, they've got him listed behind UCF's backup. Like I that's weird to me anyway um yeah it's it is weird because it's like where are you gonna go where are you like you've been he was their starter for four years, where's he gonna yeah. go that he fits their system, knows the system better, can learn I mean it's true, it's not like gundy's the only guy who runs that sort of system. There are plenty of other air raids in college football, but still
1: generally when you're a four years a four year starter, what's happened is sometime during the season, a team started recruiting you um. And there's no such thing as tampering. We all knew Sam Hartman was going to Notre Dame weeks before he put his name in the transfer portal. As a result, his name is now Sharpman. I'm sorry, I liked the guy, yeah. but I don't make the rules. Can't make... You can't leave do it. If Wake Forest or Notre Dame, you're Sharpman now.
0: Can't do it. And so, if that's... And certainly that happens. The thing Wake that would...
1: Wake Forest has got to be so sick of... This happening, to, but I guess they're not that mad about it this time because it already happened with Jamie Newman, who was a who was a superstar dual threat that got pushed by Georgia. I'm not comparing Kenneth Walker. I mean, that that was anno- more annoying in retrospect. You
0: wanted to, and then I talk you through it.
1: <laughs> well, it was more annoying in retrospect than it was at the time because it wasn't clear that he was going to be an absolute superstar.
0: But he was in a timeshare. But got, Jamie Newman was yeah.
1: absolutely a, a, a stud at, at Wake Forest, and mm-hmm. then he, he uh, got recruited to Georgia, only to never play a down.
0: Yeah, I'm trying. so I'm trying to remember because Michigan State played Wake Forest at the end of the 2019 season in that pinstripe bowl. Newman played. Did Walker? I don't think he did, or did he? See, if he played, he had so little of an impact in that bowl game that I don't even remember him. And then, like, a month later, no, it would have been, like, yeah, like, a, two weeks later, he announced he was transferring to MSU, and I was like, oh, okay, sure, why not?
1: Sprinkling in little smidgens of news along here. Of course, we know that you're here for the news, because uh, you're fleeing Twitter and droves.
0: Right, so we encourage everyone to follow us on Mastodon. <laughs>
1: God. We do have a Mastodon account. There's, You know, there they will never be a replacement for Sports Twitter unless... Unless you basically hire the entire Twitter staff that got let go and then not given the severance that somebody said they would get, you basically just have to hire them to re-engineer Twitter. That's the only way you get a competitor. Like, not a competitor, but something that approximates sports Twitter in particular because sports Twitter is something that happens in real time.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. Would it even be that hard? I, I have no idea. Like, they've done it. I don't right? think it would it's be not that like hard. You, have to you just it need
1: in. to... You'd need to marshal the enthusiasm, and then you'd need to...
0: you have to do it in a way that it doesn't run afoul of intellectual property protection, I'm sure it's... But anyway...
1: Well, I mean...
0: We have to say something about a football game right now, yeah. dude. So I mentioned the pinstripe bowl. That was supposed to be a segue to get into it, so let's do I was that. I
1: if going to say, if the guy that fired you doesn't worry about pesky things We like absolutely gloves. have to talk
0: about football at some <laughs> point. We, we don't have that big of a listener base to begin with, and they are going to stop listening, so... In that pinstripe bowl, Syracuse 20, Minnesota 28. One of the most bizarre an absolutely Iowegian result here when you consider the difference in total yardage and then look at the fact that Minnesota nonetheless won the game. 477 yards to 215. (laughs) Just an absolute... Calamity of an offensive performance
1: and only one turnover for Syracuse. Yeah,
0: it's not like they were. It's not like they fumbled the ball four times. No, and what,
1: Syracuse also won in time of possession.
0: Yeah, well, of course it did. And what happened here was the differential in exactly one position was so stark that despite a better than two to one yard advantage, Syracuse couldn't win, and that was in the punting game, where Mark Crawford had a perfectly acceptable Big Ten performance. Six punts for two fifty-eight with a long of fifty-five, and his Holy counterpoint God. Maximilian von Marsberg, four punts for one hundred and fourteen yards, which, if I'm doing my math quickly correctly, is fewer than twenty-nine yards a punt.
1: You know that sounds like a name that, you know, like back in uh, somebody
0: killed him and started a war.
1: Yeah, that too. I was I was thinking like how um, you'd have a lot of times half the field of. Uh, You know, Formula One Grand Prix racing in the '50s was filled up with various counts (laughs)
0: and dukes. Yeah, decadent Europeans who had money but nothing to do with it. Sure, sure. Uh, Yeah, but look, this game went so good for Minnesota on the offensive side of the ball that their offensive coordinator immediately left for the same job at Rutgers. That's how. That's how fun it is. P.J. Fleck (laughs) rescued
1: back off the scrap heap (laughs) when he was discarded from the Penn State job that had hired him away.
0: Do we think, are we starting to think of this result, at this point, maybe Kirk Sirocco just had Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman at the same time and that's kind of what his whole career has been? Joe
1: Brady energy. Yeah,
0: it honestly, speaking of whatever happened to him, I don't think, I didn't hear him resurfacing after he got canned from the Panthers. I assume somebody picked him up on a staff somewhere. But yeah, it's, sometimes it really is just about the players. There was nothing about Minnesota's offensive direction here that made you think they're going to be better next year. I mean, they're replacing Morgan. They should be all right there. Kelly Ekmanis can at least do what he did. But also replacing Schmidt's the outstanding center, and multiple other pieces of that offensive line. No real indication that they have a star receiver about to break out. No indication that anybody other than Ibrahim can make that offense go. He could return for another year. I know we've covered this before. I don't know why he would unless he just thinks he has no NFL prospects whatsoever. In which case, by all means, yeah, come back and put another 300 carries on your legs. What's the problem if you're not going to go pro?
1: LeQuint Allen was Syracuse's leading rusher. Yeah, Sean Sean Tucker sitting out. I guess Sean Tucker was none too pleased with a 34 uh, with this matchup.
0: Did he post a game recap after this one? Well, I mean, we haven't been aware of it from a time before he was their starting running back.
1: Well, look, call me Brady Hope because I'm aware something was posted, but I'm not yeah, fully, fully aware. aware. All
0: right, all right, all right, all right. All right. So anyway, Minnesota, perhaps the biggest bowl performance of all, and that the only reason they won the game and didn't lose by three scores was because of their punter.
1: I can't believe that, given what Iowa did. That somebody had a more Iowa performance.
0: It's true. I they're biting your shit, Hawkeyes. Huh, like, how are you gonna? How do you make answer to this? Really, is the the real question? I mean, we're, are we gonna see a three to zero Floyd game next year? Is that what these teams are trying to set the stage for? We could. We could. We'll keep moving here, though. The Mayo Bowl, Maryland sixteen, NC State twelve. One of the few bowl games where the corporate entity's marketing team is doing it correctly and understanding. The way that you make this a worthwhile investment is to, like, lean into all the crazy stuff that college football fans are willing to do. Much uh, easier to do when you sell a tangible product instead of a mortgage or a financial service of some kind.
1: Yeah, not to mention uh, that they recruited two teams that used to be conference rivals. And <laughs> to play in a game in Charlotte, they recruited teams from Raleigh and uh, college, college Park, Maryland. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> it helps, yeah. but so, so,
1: let's make Minnesota fans go to... New York City.
0: It, yeah, although I would think, like, for example, I mean, the first Mayo Bowl, of course, featured Wisconsin. That was a good starting point for carrying out the bit. Um, but, yeah, this is, talk about unwatchable games, though. Look, like, I
1: feel like the <clears throat> 10 is maybe off the table for Illinois next year. So, here's the goal. I want to see Brett Vilma in the goddamn Mayo Bowl. Awesome. I certainly would have taken it this time. <laughs> Don't care how I don't many wins you. I, I don't. I mean, I, I just. I just think things beyond that are out of our reach. So if we're in that level of bowl game, I hope that they're at least aware enough that you know, since they can't repeat these guys, I hope that they're aware of all of the Biela memes.
0: Well, look, I, you know, Brett's a. formidable have seen
1: this guy when he gets mad at refs.
0: Yes, Brett's a formidable candidate that way. I'm not going to doubt it. But look, even in your own division, all right. Luke Fickle is a dude who probably slathers a lot of mayo. Matt Rule is a smock enthusiast. Pat Fitzgerald would be very fun to dump mayonnaise on. It's not a runaway is all I'm saying.
1: I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. With Paul Christ gone, there are are no contenders.
0: Well, all right. So he's (laughs) saying that, I assume you just mean by literal physical shape of the body of the coach. That's not the only thing that matters. And
1: and and the fact that... uh, Brett Bielma took the job at the only place left that has a fat sandwich since there was one in Wisconsin when he coached there.
0: We might have Greg Schiano and Rutgers under the chat. But anyway, yeah, this game. Uh, so on the one hand, NC State, we have Devin Leary, who missed most of the season with injury. I don't think he would have played in this game anyway. But baffling decision to transfer to Kentucky after what their offense did this year. And they're about to lose Chris Rodriguez. That leaves the and then they had other injuries, so other quarterbacks would play like M.J. Morris. So they have to turn to Ben Finley, unprepared backup. And they ended up asking him to throw the ball 48 times because their run game could not do anything.
1: I assume he's related to Ryan Finley. His brother, yeah. Okay, well, like, I don't know. He plays quarterback at NC State. Maybe he's a pro prospect.
0: He had another year. I mean, he's probably going to be tall enough to be a pro prospect. So, And then on the other side of the coin, even with Talia Togbaailoa playing... Maryland's offense really struggled with sort of a shorthanded retooling receiving core. Although I will say, you know, Ty Felton had a couple moments. I think they'll have Deshaun Jones back next year. That's not the worst situation to have. I was a little surprised in the run game that they leaned so heavily on Roman Hemby. They usually rotate a little more. Like, he's definitely their best running back. But they gave him, like, 24 carries. He had, like, 70, 72 yards, something like that. Not exactly an inspiring performance, so a little weird. And then also... They started Billy Edwards in this game for the first series or two and rotated him in at a couple other spots. And it just ended up being a disjointed-looking mess. Of course it is. I mean, I
1: mean again, I guess Mike Loxley, like the sponsor, kind of embraced the, the spirit of what bulls are now, which is just, just fuck around. They just
0: whatever, just play whoever. Uh, but I, I would d- dispute it on one point because after the victory, preparing for the mayo bath, Mike Loxley put on one of those giant hats. <laughs> Like, Brian Robinson's comp- friends or brothers or whoever's company sells these enormous ball hats that are, like, this, I mean, i not even, it's more like a sombrero in terms of coverage. Yeah. And I was like, I, I wrote that this is an act of cowardice in the, okay, in the review, the, as I think about this, as I think about this, I'm, I have to reconsider, I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel but about
1: But then that. he took it off and got another couple of ropes on the head anyway. Alright. Yeah. So it's not all bad. He, he, yeah, Mike Loxley was a, was a very good uh, candidate for that.
0: Yeah. One I mean, thing to note about Maryland, however, is huge transfer portal activity this off season, despite a relatively successful season. Like I think we probably, you probably would like to see them win another game or so. I don't think anyone viewed them as a serious contender for the East. I mean, there was a couple weeks there. I was like, oh, they gave Michigan a game. Maybe they can, I don't know. They lost. Then they lost again. Um, Still a lot of outgoing players is about is all that we need to note there. And it's like their last couple recruiting classes have not exactly been those, you know, up to the level of those first couple. And a lot of those guys left. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know where this is going.
1: Um, Remember when we said, boy, I mean, a lot hinges on if they can even keep Tago Loa alive this season. Yeah. You said that about Maryland. They didn't it turns out we were talking that. about the Miami Dolphins, who seem to have no interest in actually doing that.
0: Yeah, well, the other tongue of my law. Um Although I will say, so we mentioned the receiving group looked a little bit short. They have, as I'm looking now, added a couple of receivers. Tyrese Chambers from FIU, Caden Prather from West Virginia. So they've got a couple guys coming in who should give them a little bit of a shot in the arm. And grabbing Elvis Dumerville from LSU was a big deal, too, but... A lot of bodies going out as well, so we'll see. We'll see if they're able to stabilize themselves a little bit.
1: Shall we talk about the games that happened after the semifinal, or should we or should we instead use the age-old corollary that the later your bowl game happens, the more important it is? nope yeah, that's right. I'll tell you I'm what, like, I do not like how it's just become this thing where we mash all the important games into, like, two days.
0: It doesn't make any sense to me. It, it doesn't.
1: They Like... I don't like that they decided to take on New Year's Eve.
0: Shouldn't you? No, that's dumb, first of all. So, I mean... I, as, I missed
1: the last play of the game. Yes. Because it happened at midnight. Because my
0: wife expected to flip to the ball drop. And I was like, yeah, I think if I have to make the choice. Like, this isn't my team. I
1: had the, I had the screen on. But I was, I was still, I was, I was busy. I don't know why they decided when they set up the playoff, I'll tell you what we're going to beat in the ratings. We're getting eaten alive by New Year's Rock and Eve. We're going to take some of that market share.
0: It's not... It's so not it, should, it shouldn't be difficult. You put one on the 30th at, you know, prime time, 8.30 start or whatever. And you put the other one starting 6 o'clock on New Year's Eve. It's We're going to over... change
1: people's viewing habits. We're going to make people stay in all night on New Year's Eve. We're, We're going to kill social interaction. We're going to prevent people from ever leaving their houses again. <laughs> and
0: then they have to buy our cable package. Like, I just... Uh, yeah, you
1: know... You, you, you wonder why we have uh, so much mental health treatment now when you have actions like this deliberately designed to socially isolate us. Wonder why there's anxiety when I'm out here opening up 10 letters a day. They're like, action, urgent action required immediately. If you don't open this and respond, we will murder your entire family. <laughs> and it's just like, you might be missing out on the opportunity to refinance. <laughs> Let us send you this package on how we can more creatively take your money.
0: Uh, all that does is make me activate the paper shredder every couple of weeks. I just like pile all that stuff up and then Bleh! all at once. So, but yeah, I mean, to your point though, it seems to me that if you spread these out, for one thing, it makes you, your event is more nights. Like I, I don't yeah, think yeah, that's
1: exactly the thing. It's like I was, I was just saying before I examined it. I just had the feeling that there used to be more days with big football games. Yes, going on. there were. And, and it's also like, well, they've always put a lot that's on New just Year's day. because there's only two football games that anybody thinks matters anymore. But like, no, no, I, I just remember when it was like the BCS. Like, was there any day that were, with two of them? Um, I think there was one. Well, I
0: believe on New Year's Day there's always been the Rose and the Sugar. Yes. But other than that, and. I feel like sometimes either the peach or the cotton would be on New Year's Day too. Oh, you get
1: like the Gator Bowl is the the undercard to the Rose Bowl. Well, the right? Gator
0: and the roll and the Outback, like and yeah. the Citrus. Well, the New Year's surprise. Day was always a full card, yes. Uh, yeah, but
1: but it's it's, it's some undercards, right? I yeah. Mean, yes. You get the clear separation.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird to me, but I mean, and this is also the first year we're both semi. I mean, maybe going back to the first year of the playoff, this is the first time where both semifinals have been good, competitive games. Normally, lining one up after another, it's like, all right, Alabama beat Washington or Michigan State, or whoever, by 60 points. I'm not watching this other game. This first one sucked. I turned it off and forgot the other one was on. Like, I just don't see it. it but there are people paid a lot more than we are to make those decisions. So, yeah, let's, we're going to go straight in line, is I think the ultimate answer to your question as we babbled back and forth for a few minutes there. But the Fiesta Bowl... TCU 51, Michigan 45. A true and ultimate banger of a game, honestly. Back and forth, Michigan was down two scores at halftime, I believe. No, I think they tightened it up. Or was it two scores? I can't remember. I compared this game, though, mentally speaking. I'm thinking about the frame of mind I think Michigan fans should try to take here. I compared this game to the first Big Ten Conference Championship, where, yes, it hurts to lose. Like, it hurts a lot to lose a game like that, especially... Where there's something at the end where you're like, we should have maybe gotten a call here. But then you think back, it's like there were a lot of other places where we could have made up that play. And notwithstanding the way that it ends, it was such an incredible game that I still, I look back on the 2011 conference championship as fondly as the two that Michigan State ultimately won. because it was such a good game. I think that's something you will come to with time. Like, I'm not saying a week or two after that game that I felt that way about it.
1: Yes, but the question is what if they never win the semifinal and then just kind of fade? I mean, that'll you be, can say yeah. That in <laughs> hindsight, having, yeah, 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 Oh, boy, that sure was fun to have that uh, warm up one be so fun. Yeah, us, that yeah, one. yeah. And then a couple uh, years hey, later, hey, two out of yeah. three ain't bad. It's like, yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> You're probably right about that. That's an angle I had not considered. And, yeah, like if Harbaugh leaves or if he just does the Lloyd Carr thing and maybe, you know, what if we're in 2004 right now? Maybe he has one more really good team, but they don't play for any big, anything big. And then he just kind of slacks off because he's going to be getting older. Like, even if he stays around, he's 60 years
1: old, man. Oh, well, you know what could be an even bigger impediment? He could be facing penalties.
0: CAA
1: sanction. They might. Suspend him for a couple of games.
0: Serious consequences. In light of these extremely dire NCAA infractions, really the only appropriate measure. Look, Michigan fans always comport themselves as the moral standard of the sport, and indeed the world, and nobody ever questions them on that. So. If you're to maintain that position of moral authority, really there's only one course of action here. You must vacate all of your wins from the last two seasons. Yes, all of them. All the trophies straight into the incinerator. Sorry about it, but Jim Harbaugh is still winless against Ohio State. I will
1: say it coming out that he uh, bought a dude a burger is maybe the least offensive off-season activity that I remember from him in the last several years. Keep
0: buying dudes burgers, Jim. Keep your thoughts to yourself and buy people burgers.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, the thing that I, I mean, I thought Michigan would probably win this game just because I usually assume the thing I want least to happen is going to happen. But, um, I've said all year that Michigan is built a lot like Illinois but with a lot more potential for explosive plays, which is why I was intimately familiar with their preferred game script. They want to run the ball, eat up the clock, um, you know, some controlled passing just to make sure you can't sheet up on the run. Yeah. Uh, and lean on a really good defense. That's their preferred game script. That goes out the window when you go down 14, nothing one on a pick six and it becomes difficult to get back into control. Now, um, I won't criticize... I mean, because ultimately Michigan won 13 games. Mm -hmm. It's hard to criticize the approach that got them there, but the fact is, nobody had forced J.J. McCarthy to have to make, you know, deep throws into tight windows, and, like... That's just something that he wasn't able to do with enough consistency. Well, not
0: not at first. And then once he got into the rhythm of the game a little bit, he did show you what he could do. Which, again, goes back to the thing that we said and we qualified this with, well, they're still winning and they won last year, so who are we to question them? This is why we question their approach to the game, because if they had let McCarthy unleash the dragon a few more times during the season, maybe he gets them the last touchdown they need.
1: Well, counterpoint they unleash the dragon against Sidney Brown and Devin Witherspoon, they they lose that game.
0: If they unleash so if they unleash the dragon from the beginning of the season, they beat you by thirty. Perhaps. So it, anyway, all of which is to say that uh, this is the last we're going to talk about it because again, McNamara's in the portal; he's going to Iowa, and now McCarthy's their guy for another year, and then he'll get drafted in the first round by a soon-to-be fired NFL GM. Uh, I still think they made a dumb decision. If this was the game script and the game plan that they wanted to stick with, McNamara was the guy. If they're gonna something go, if they're on like
1: Reddit or something that like Detroit's McNamara Terminal was named after Cade McNamara when he led them to the <laughs> Big Ten title. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why I said that. It's
0: a very highly educated fan base, as you can see.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but I just I said a bunch of things that were helpful about. You know, the Detroit airport, and then I said that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, Kal-El Mullings uh, was not quite uh, the Superman that he was fated to be from birth. That's just such a great name, man. It is. You named your kid kal are
0: I wonder if, like, C.J. Stokes was hurt or something, because he was a guy that they used as their third back earlier in the year. And, yeah. If you want to complain about the refs, perhaps you should not fumble at the goal line and throw two pick sixes. Because despite all those things, it was still only a six-point game.
1: The turnovers were even... Um,
0: TCUs were much less harmful.
1: Yeah, Michigan's were absolute backbreakers. But perhaps the backbreakingest thing, things that happened during the game, I compared them to Illinois. What did they do inside the five? Not score.
0: <laughs> Nothing, yeah.
1: Uh, Three points that being on... Said, I can't imagine how mad I would be if they called what Michigan called on their first fourth and goal from like what the two or three. Mm. They called some reverse that didn't seem to have a pass option or something. I mean, no, they, yeah, nope. Just an absolute debacle when you've got when, when you're doing that identity, you know, that run the ball identity. Well, you, air- you should you should be looking to pound pound it in first and goal from the two now. Illinois couldn't do it because, despite what the media says, our interior offensive line was very bad. Why couldn't Michigan?
0: Well, all right, so something that I noticed on a couple occasions, and again, I'm not enough of an X's and O's guy to say this with any real certainty, but I thought the guy they missed most of this game, more than Blake Corum, was Luke Schoonmaker. Because as promising of a kid as Colston Loveland is, he plainly was not ready to be the focal outside run blocker in this on this stage. They struggled on a lot of occasions and their, their rushing averages were boosted by a 50-something yarder from Edwards on like the first play of the game. But then after that, they weren't really running for great efficiency or explosiveness with any regularity. Kendra Miller was by far the most effective running back in this game. Even after he went out, um, I forget the backup's name from TCU, the guy who ended up playing most of the game. It's something kind of like musical sounding. Anyway,
1: Um, Ah, Imari DeMercato.
0: Yeah, isn't that? Doesn't that make you want a Samba? Anyway, TCU's running game was more consistently effective. Michigan had the one explosive that dragged their averages up.
1: That being said, you had to account for Quentin Johnson. That also helped the TCU running game a lot because that guy can score from absolutely anywhere. Yeah. He scored on a tribute to Mike Leach, right? A mesh screen. But I have no other way.
0: Um, And so the last thing, now that the season is over, it is once again Harbaugh to the NFL season. The most recent development on this was a statement from him in which he said, without firmly saying, I'm not seeking NFL jobs, he said, I expect to be coaching at Michigan next year, which tells you his overtures to this point have been unsuccessful because anyone who talks to or interacts with that man on a direct personal basis comes to the conclusion, this is a weirdo. I don't want him to work for me. I'm not going to promise him $100 million even if I think he could win me a Super Bowl.
1: Well, he might have a place in the Panthers. I still have no idea why they hired Matt Rule. It maybe makes the least sense of any coaching hire. Even though Matt Rule is a good coach at what he did, it was literally all college stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was a Tepper hire, right? Or did he? Was that right before that, that Tepper? Was Tepper. So,
1: that was Tepper remaking it. Tepper might be... He might actually be the stupidest NFL owner from a football standpoint. He
0: might be, he might be basically a silent Al Davis. Like yeah. I just want the star. I want the. I want. I want the guy. Like that scene. I mean, they. How many quarterbacks did they trade for who used to be big names? Like,
1: who used to be big names? Sam Darnold
0: drafted second overall. What I'm saying is like, you you know what
1: I mean? Um, Reclamation projects.
0: Maybe, but I don't mean that. A guy who was
1: drafted number two and then the team doesn't want him two years later is a reclamation project.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone would put any fault on him, though. Like, Zach Wilson's going to be a reclamation project because he fucked it up. Sam Darnold's a reclamation project because the Jets tried to kill him. Like, (laughs) anyway, we're getting a little bit off track here. I want to just say there are open NFL jobs that make sense. I mean, why are the Colts not going to hire Jim Harbaugh? He was a good player for them. The same guy owns the team. Didn't Ursay own the team back then, too?
1: Uh, no, that he's, No, did.
0: that's right, His dad did. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. well, he's a fail son. That's the thing. He, if he ever comes out of his particular drug-related stupor...
0: So isn't there some familiarity in hiring the guy who okay, you know remember? Yeah.
1: I will also say, the mental state of Jim Irsay at any given time could be such that he might think that Jim Harbaugh is the least weird person he's ever met in his life.
0: True. And the other thing to keep in mind here is how incredibly funny it would be to pair 2023 Russell Wilson with Jim Harbaugh. Two of the weirdest, most—I uh, don't want—I don't can't find a word that describes both of them. You know that would be funny though. You know that would be entertainment.
1: Yeah. Oh God.
0: Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> Holding milk. Like it, it's. It could be something to see. It could be something to see. But all i which is to say that he most recently said he thinks he's going to be coaching in Michigan. That to me says. He doesn't have any offers because the rumors, I think, from a fairly prominent source were, if he gets a job, he's taking
1: it. (laughs) It doesn't seem to matter where. TCU becomes one of the most unlikely teams I remember to ever play for a national title.
0: 5-7 and to the national title game.
1: I mean, like, that is insane. Should they win a title? And I do not think they will because I just think that Georgia is...
0: Better than everyone else by enough.
1: Um, Should they do that? Like, it's been—they were in Conference USA twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. Illinois has won a national title more recently than TCU. So that's same can be said of Iowa.
0: That's a big picture question. Question for this season: Sonny Dykes is coach of the year. Who's the biggest challenger to him? If it's not really Fritz.
1: I mean, it it is Willie really Fritz. There's there's no question about it. Yeah. the 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 only reason Willie Fritz isn't securing all of the awards is because somehow an unlikelier thing happened. Well, yeah,
0: it's because of Sonny Dikes, right? So
1: yeah.
0: All right, so we've. Imagine
1: being a Cal football fan.
0: I can't because I'm not convinced they exist. I know you claim you interact with some online. Are you sure they're not bots? It is Berkeley. To the Peach Bowl. Ohio State 41, Georgia 42.
1: I don't to, to the emoji that means butt bowl.
0: Yes. I have not seen a whole lot of and maybe it's just because this was a while ago now, almost a week, but I've not really seen a whole lot of criticism thrown Ohio State's way because it seemed like nobody expected them to be able to keep up with Georgia, which was a weird take because Ohio State's got the skill players to keep up with anybody if you can't get to Stroud. And Ohio State's offensive line did a pretty good job. To the point that later in the game, I mean, Jalen Carter, who's going to be a top five pick, looked exhausted. Georgia's defense looked a little bit worn down. uh, And Ohio State was able to go blow for blow with them. But I mentioned that to say that Ohio State and Ryan Day in particular are not getting a whole lot of flack here. But I think there ought to be a little bit of attention paid here to one particular sequence in the game, late in the game, the deciding sequence in the game. Ohio State's down by a point. The clock is winding. They're not going to get another possession, so they have to score on this drive. They get the ball to right around. So, basically, Noah Ruggles, Ohio State's kicker. He's been their kicker, I think this is his third year as their starter, at least. At
1: least. He's been around a
0: while. He's been around a while. Enough kicks, certainly, that Ryan Day ought to know what his effective range is.
1: He's certainly kicked a lot of extra points.
0: Yes. He's very good from shorter range. And oh
1: wait. Are we about to have a Jim Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy... Uh, thing where like maybe what he should have done was kick field goals on second and third down because you might you never know when he might need to actually kick a field goal in a game that matters. <laughs> like you know, most of Ohio State's games have not been like that.
0: No, what I'm saying should
1: is he have called some pre-fourth down field goals. To see if his guy could actually do it.
0: Are you going to drink directly out of the wine bottle? You've been holding it for a, Okay, there you go. Into the I glass. Needed, I needed right, this man no, 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 to no.
1: gesticulate wildly as I made that point.
0: <laughs> That's why you got to pour the wine into a can of Diet Coke because it facilitates your gesticulating. <laughs> so, no, the point that I'm getting at here is Noah Ruggles has been, even in an offense that does not have to settle for very many field goals, Ryan Day has seen enough from Noah Ruggles to know... From inside of 50 yards, this guy is damn near automatic. From outside of 50 yards, he is very much not. Last first down of the game for Ohio State. Very little time left, but enough left to run a couple of offensive plays and then take your last time out and line up a field goal. They're basically right at a 50-yard attempt. Ryan Day calls a series of plays, essentially running into the line. Georgia is lined up to defend against that, not trying to let them get any closer and probably assuming they're not going to throw they're not going to risk stopping the clock and giving us any time after this field goal attempt. Common sense and game situation to me would suggest some kind of play action and either a boot or a short outlet pass to try to get another 4 to 5 to 6 yards to make it into what you know is your kicker's range and like again, it's not like this guy only has 3 attempts from longer than 50 or something. Like he's been kicking for multiple years. They know his range. They know he needs to be closer. But Ryan Day turtled at the wrong time. And what happens when you do that? You lose. Because your kicker. you ask your kicker to make a kick you know he can't make.
1: With first and 10 at the Ohio State 42, uh, ESPN actually gave Ohio State a 52% chance to win the game still.
0: That's a little weird. Um,
1: that being said, that is down from the, let's see, what is this? Peak of 95.7% with 8.51 to go and a 38.24 lead.
0: I will, I will cut Jim Knowles a little bit of slack here again. I know they got lit up by Michigan. They got lit up by Georgia. They're still better than they were. I would think with another year in that system, they will take a considerable step forward. But if they don't, then maybe you do have to reevaluate what you're doing on that side of the ball again because this is not a rebuild program. This is a what-have-you-done-for-me-this-year program, so...
1: Absolutely, and the fact is, you put up 41 on Georgia and lost.
0: Yeah, well, you gotta remember, like, people... I think think people tend to equate current Georgia with, like, the Alabama of 10 to 12 years ago, where it's like, oh, they're gonna... They just want to sit on you, they just want to score 24 points and shut you out. That's that... They really haven't been that, like... And I think that the reason people think of that is because of Stetson Bennett. Because nobody thinks of him as leading an offense that's capable of running up points the way Stroud and Bryce Young and Caleb Williams and all these other guys do. And it's true, he's not, but the rest of the talent around him is so good that he doesn't need to be as good as a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud for them to easily score 42 points and rack up 18 points in the last... What was that? That would be nine minutes of the game, you said? Something like that?
1: Yeah, so ultimately... C.J. Stroud was, uh, well, had the exact same completion percentage on the exact same number of attempts as a middle-aged dad named after a hat.
0: <laughs> well, named after his great-grandfather, who was named after a hat. So, <laughs> ah, right. How could I forget? Uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, all of which is not to take away the actual conclusion, which is that, yes, Ohio State acquitted themselves pretty well. For a team that backed into the playoff and a lot of people said, like, look, USC should not have lost their spot for playing in a conference title game when Ohio State didn't. I still think that's the case. But that doesn't necessarily mean Ohio State wasn't good enough to be there, it's just that there are only four spots and USC shouldn't have lost theirs because they played a conference title
1: game. And I guess, you know, feeling like they didn't have enough receiving talent, if you look at the transfer portal at receivers right now, there's like ten former five stars <laughs> yeah. that are going to Georgia. Yeah.
0: Well, and two of the best receivers in the SEC who don't already play for them. So. Yeah, Rara
1: Thomas, my God. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're going to be gross next year, uh, whoever their quarterback is. And they'll probably go portal shot. Like, that could, I don't I, I, they, could frankly. they get,
1: like, Jordan Travis?
0: Well, he already said he's going back to
1: Florida State.
0: Um, you think Jordan. For so what? <laughs> so Florida State's got boosters, too. Like, you think he cares about playing for, I mean, <laughs>
1: I'm just wondering where the limit is, right? I
0: there's no reason to think that a guy. I mean, Florida State's going to be. They, Florida State's picked up like eight former four-star transfers too. Yeah. Like anyway, um, so yeah, whoever ends up starting for Georgia next year is going to be living a charmed life. Enough talk about that, though. Let's get on to the real well, again, good shit.
1: That that quarterback is going to be the diplomatic envoy from Georgia that they send to the Heisman delegation. <laughs>
0: um. Yes. If they don't get back to having a lead running back, I think they split carries between like three guys this year, but presumably, well, I mean, honestly, under smart, they really like last year they used White and Cook, so maybe they don't. Maybe they, yeah, maybe the quarterback does end up being a logical guy.
1: We know why you're here.
0: It's time. Music City Bowl, Iowa 21, Kentucky 0. Third victory of the year, if I remember correctly, for Iowa in which they had 206 or fewer yards of offense.
1: There were two teams in FBS football this year who had more yards punting than offense. They were 2-10 New Mexico and the Iowa
0: Hawkeyes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you you all heard the facts about this. We covered this in the preview. Spencer Petrus injured, Alex Padilla, transfer portal, Will Levis, NFL draft. So you've got Kentucky's backup, Iowa's third stringer, Sam LaPorta ended up playing, but Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, both in the portal.
1: Uh, hey, you know who else got snaps for Kentucky? Their, ba- their third stringer, Deuce Hogan!
0: Oh, look at that! He had six for seven
1: for 19 yards, so you can take the Deuce Hogan out of Iowa, but
0: I'm sure he would have prepared preferred to have fourteen completions
1: for nineteen yards. What what an Iowa game. I mean, you know, and you know that Kirk is basically just now looking at absolutely every single hater with that with that really smug, squinty look on his face. Basically Kirk Ferentz's entire attitude, I hate to say this because it makes him sound cool, is serving someone a shot of Malort and doing it with them. Where it's just like, hmm, that tastes bad, doesn't it? Yeah, you taste the same thing. Yeah, but you had to taste it too. And I'm used to this shit.
0: Isn't that why you people do that?
1: I mean, like, I had some Japanese exchange students uh, in, in, back in college Lots that of hate totally, crime. totally understood the concept of malort. <laughs> oh, and so it's like it's a... liquid shot in front. Okay. So it's a
0: crime you do to someone else and also <laughs> yourself. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh Look man, I don't have. There's nothing to say about this game. I just told. I told you 206 yards of offense, and they won they handily. Also gained
1: the most on offense in this game. Yeah,
0: handily, handily. Because Kentucky was that powerless. It was
1: everything that you thought it would be.
0: I just and wish. More. I just wish Graham Mertz ended up being Kentucky's next quarterback. I think it could have been poetry. All right, so we've been putting this aside. I know we need to take some time, and we're already running a bit long. To the Outback Bowl. And this is, again, it's never going to be the rely quest. It, it took me until now, a week after the game almost, to start remembering that's what it's supposed to be called now. And, it, you know, it's funny because, like, I basically put this in the kind like, yeah, Outback. Every bit as legitimate a thing as just citrus generally and roses and sugar. Outback is just, like, an element that exists in nature. And it existed for long enough that I actually, you know, came to have an identity of its own.
1: After finding out that I couldn't go to this game, uh, well, by the end of the day I, I slammed the brakes before I finished the bottle of Four Roses, not because I didn't want to continue drinking, but because it was like I should drink something else—not something else <laughs> less strong, but I just feel like something else.
0: I should drink a different whiskey. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's basically what I did.
1: Anyway, very upset about not having been there, uh, in no small part because it was sunny there.
0: Sure, but you still would have had to be in Tampa.
1: Yeah, that is true. Uh, you
0: could have tried to true. throw rocks at Tom Brady's house, but you would be have been arrested for that.
1: Well, in any case... If not uh, shot.
0: Probably, Tom Brady would have shot
1: you. In any case, you know, Tommy did have the first touchdown of the game. A two-yard run. Uh, so Illinois kind of controlled the first half entirely with defense, um, which... I will say this. pleasantly surprised me.
0: Yeah, defense absolutely acquitted itself very well. Uh, missing a number of NFL opt-outs as well as the coordinator, Ryan Walters, off to Purdue for that coaching job. Um, so I think you can be encouraged. That, do you know, is your interim DC going to be the full-time job? Did they already make that call? Oh, okay. yeah, he's,
1: he's the full-time guy. And who is that? Aaron Henry.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the uh, Wisconsin guy, right? Yeah, you remember him. I knew that.
1: Fun rumor, by the way, which started as pure speculation that J.J. Uh, Watt may come to Champaign to coach... Uh, which then was 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 getting dismissed as like, oh, look at these freaks on the message board. And then Aaron Henry started like talking to him on Twitter publicly, and <laughs> it was just like, hey man, yeah, if I ever got the chance, I might do it. So that could be interesting. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I think we a... wanted to do that to give Henry the the job and have this be, you know, yeah, not his right. audition, but his statement that we're not going anywhere. And sure. it was um, the the two freshmen corners acquitted themselves. Quite nicely playing very good man coverage Matt, making some, mm, some big hits
0: Matt Bailey and Xavier and Scott, Xavier is that Scott. His name? yes, yes. Um, yeah looked very good
1: the what happened in the second half was Mississippi State won this game also with defense and just eventually yeah. Re-
0: made, and, and um, really a schematic adjustment they just started throwing six guys at the line of scrimmage every snap and Illinois really didn't seem to have an answer for that.
1: No, it's it's weird. They didn't seem to have a whole lot of check down options uh for DeVito. Um they didn't run any screens, they didn't run much in the flat to take I mean. A lot, of I vert, was,
0: lot of vertical routes on an offense that doesn't yeah. exactly do much of that. I was confused. Yeah, I was very you, surprised to see Tommy DeVito yeah.
1: get I, against a seven man rush, throwing forty yards down the field because they yeah. ran four verts.
0: And you pointed this out to me. At some point. And after that, it was all I could see. I was like, Mike, they are doing it like every well, snap.
1: T- and they had Williams running routes downfield.
0: He's the tiniest guy in the field. Like, you don't even have... like this, I
1: mean, Williams was built to take a screen pass underneath to the house. Yeah. That's his entire game. It really surprised me. So as encouraged as I am about the offense, or about the defense, it's also like, this is yet another piece of evidence that our offensive coordinator might not be a very good situational play caller.
0: Yeah, it was weird.
1: just um, hoping for better things. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to hate on the fact that Mississippi State won this game. And first, in part because, like, our entire offense sat out. It was only one player, but our entire <laughs> offense sat
0: out. Right. Um, um, there are some moments from Reggie Love, but it's he's not going to be a Chase Brown.
1: Yeah, it's very clear that the offensive line didn't do anywhere near as much as Chase Brown himself did. I sure was hoping to see what everybody else saw, which is, oh, you know, anyone could do the things Chase Brown did.
0: No, man, it reminded me of watching Michigan State's run game in the Peach Bowl without Kenneth Walker. Yeah. It's like, oh, all the other parts of this are not very good.
1: <laughs> so. Josh McCray is a guy that I worry will just never get back to the form he showed early in his career.
0: Uh, look, some guys just have injuries they'd never really yeah, shake that, off it's, It hasn't been the same thing, but he's pretty consistently re injurable. And we
1: competed with uh, Illinois, went to a New Year's Day bowl game against a ranked SEC team, Uh, not to mention one that um, had all of their opt-outs for NFL purposes opt back in, which included uh, one of the defensive backs that was on Devin Witherspoon's level in Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. And unfortunately, Forbes went down late in this game. Now, he did come back onto the field, but it was really tough to see because, like, you know, you, you understand every, why they have to Right, run. every time that happens. I understand. Yeah. Um, I absolutely understand. So, I don't know. Uh, again, the only thing I'm really upset about from this game is I'd really like those nagging doubts about the offensive coordinator we just extended to go away. And, of course, I wish I'd been there.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, last, and again, like, I think you could say least here. In the Citrus Bowl, Purdue scored seven points, which was merely one-ninth of the total put forward by LSU, putting up 63. Maybe try not playing a hugely more talented SEC opponent in your bowl game next time, Purdue, and see if it goes a little better. I don't know. Like, even if Jeff Brown was still around, his roster was much less well-equipped to withstand opt-outs from Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, and Corey Trice. Probably... Four of Purdue's five or six best players. Um, LSU had That's a number really of... Important. Yeah, LSU had a lot of opt-outs and sits as well, but Jaden Daniels played, um, Malik Neighbors, Keyshawn Boutte all played, and it's a much more talented roster. So when they have 15 guys decide they're not playing, the odds of the next 15 are not that big of a drop-off or much higher at a place like LSU. That's really all that this is about. Um, I'm not going into this game in, in any real detail. Purdue scored their touchdown in the fourth quarter. The game was decided by then.
1: Like Over the last couple of months, I've I've gone from... And not, not entirely based on anything Purdue's done, just based on the fact that I've been choosing to blame things on them, but also very much <laughs> thing. I've gone from like, ooh, I respect them very much as a rival. I want our games to be competitive too. Like, man, I hope all of the bad things in life happen to them. And nobody and oh, else believe we'll them. So... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did flip to this at one point, you know, cover my eyes so I didn't see Brian Kelly on the on the other sideline, and make uh, several of the cackling noises from Streets of Rage 2. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Ryan Walter's main move from a personnel standpoint so far has been to pick up transfer quarterback Hudson Card, which seems to suggest that Austin Burton is not going to be the next guy there. He got the start in this game, and I don't know, like again, how do you fairly judge a guy in this situation? I don't think you can, but after really waiting his turn behind O'Connell and settling for a couple of spot starts here and there, does not look like Burton is going to be the guy. Card was one of the probably three or four best prospects at the position in the portal, so he figures to be your instant starter next year. Um, They've had probably more movement outward than inward so far, but it's also pretty early. I would expect... After the second signing day, more people enter the portal, and Walters will probably be able to pick and choose his guys at that
1: point. Well, bear in mind also that it was another year, so there's several former four-star receivers from Iowa you can go get. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what makes you think Brian Ference is actually going to be fired.
0: They won their bowl game. They did they end up at eight or nine wins this year?
1: Eight.
0: With the bowl? Eight. Yep. Okay. So,
1: an Iowa number of wins. A perfectly
0: Iowa season. And, and
1: again... Dude,
0: I'm sorry, Did were any of their games not sellouts? <laughs> if, <laughs> you want to know, you wanna, you wanna know when they're going to do something about Brian Ferentz? When you people stop going to the games.
1: In his old age, he's uh, he's an even more cranky and spiteful man who for whom keeping his shitty fail son as offensive coordinator and sucking out loud on offense is dunking his nuts in your face. okay? He's owning you. He's owning the haters within the fanbase by doing this thing that like, he, and you know what? He knows. He knows how much this sucks, but he'd much rather have the satisfaction of knowing that he totally owned the haters. Anyway, national title preview.
0: So, you could probably cut and paste any previews from TCU versus Michigan into this, and then just add, like, but more on the Michigan side because Georgia is really super Michigan. They want to play ball control type of offense. They have the ability and the talent to take deeper shots and run a faster game when they want to, but it is very much a defensively oriented mindset. Their defense is better than Michigan's. Their run game is at least comparable. I don't think their tailbacks are quite as good this year as they have been historically. But still, the question here is, does TCU, in particular, their offensive line and pass protection, give Max Duggan a chance to land the punches he needs to keep them in this game? Because their defense is going to struggle to stop Georgia's run game. It, it, it really will. So that, to me, is going to be the question of the game.
1: They, you know, they really had an absolute <coughs> out-of-this-world defensive performance against Michigan, and they still gave up 45 points.
0: Still so we'll gave 45 points. They made needed, the
1: plays they needed to.
0: And they needed two pick sixes to win the game. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. So, make no mistake. Georgia's a better team. They're probably going to win by double figures at least.
1: Hopefully course, you get, why do we watch the games? Because what if they don't? Because
0: what if they don't? Yeah. This um, is still more
1: compelling than Georgia versus Alabama.
0: And even on a Monday night, you can stay up till halftime. And if it's still competitive at that point, well, maybe you do stay up a little bit later. Um, and yeah. If nothing else, TCU, at least, is a new team in the party. It's a reminder that if you put everything together and things break your way, you can still get to that last knockout round. Um, Now, if they actually win the title, that opens up a whole new plateau of hope for all of us little schlubs down here in the muck.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of whom.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do a quick roundup of storylines for the non-Bowl teams because I... Just can't help myself. Um, so Rutgers, as we mentioned, secured an offensive coordinator after the midseason firing of Sean Gleason by pilfering the high-flying offense of the Golden Gophers. You know that's where you go when you want offensive coaches. Just a very smart and understandable move for a program that has not been to a bowl game in its three years so far.
1: What, was Brian Ference busy?
0: I just don't get it, man. I, like I said... Isn't it just possible that Sirocco happened to luck into inheriting Tyler Johnson, I believe? And then, yeah, they found Rashad Bateman. Isn't that it? Isn't that the whole thing?
1: There could just be way <sighs> too much inertia to overcome for Greg Ciano.
0: it's It's starting to look that way. I mean, they haven't recruited in a way that makes me think there's going to be a big step forward next is, year. it is
1: harder to do it here than it is in the Big East. Yes, Not that there was harder. ever a doubt, but like, you know... Shiano's Big East when he started was much tougher than the Big East that he left. True. But even so, there were. You had a lot of competitors that, you know. You had a lot of also rans in there. Mm hmm. You had UConn in there, man.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in the Big Ten East, okay, Indiana was bad this year. Everybody else was at least better than you. So, <laughs> what do you get? Like, being better than one team in your division is. Um, so, we mentioned Indiana. Uh, yeah, they got some stuff to figure out. Um, no changes, as far as I can tell, on the coaching staff, which, again, they had two new coordinators this year. If, you, if you're if you shuffling like that, good luck convincing any players to show up and play for you because they want to understand what systems they're going to be playing in.
1: Speaking of watching your former coach go somewhere and kill it. oh Kalen DeBoer, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it was funny, when uh, when Jeff Brom left, I think it might have been even some of the Purdue guys in our in our OTE slack are mentioning, hey, why don't you go and make Kalen Tell you know? It's like, because you can't pay them as much as Washington's a way better job. Uh, you can't, like... You... He gets to
1: live in Seattle.
0: Yeah, he gets to live in Seattle instead of West Lafayette, Indiana. I've been to a lot of the towns in the Big Ten. There are better spots. Um Although I will say Breakfast Club is underrated. I can't believe people from Purdue are not talking about Breakfast Club like it's the greatest thing in the world. Because honestly, it might be. It was it was awesome. It was really good. Um, but anyway, Indiana's quarterback room. Bazelak, transfer portal. Jack Tuttle, transfer portal. He's going to Michigan to back up J.J. McCarthy for his the end of his eligibility. Zingerman's ain't that good. Well, um, <laughs> and Dexter F. Williams... George
1: Jr. transferred to Michigan one time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, same situation, I guess. And Dexter Williams has a road to recovery from a serious leg injury that's definitely going to keep him out for spring and probably longer.
1: Absolutely, a horrible thing that they they had this guy emerge as. Hey, maybe this is a guy that can succeed with this, you know, with this new offense. Uh, you know, needing a big performance from him, I nicknamed him Sexter Thrilliams.
0: <laughs> and he could end up coming back and being his old self, and maybe the problem solves itself. But do you think that he's going to have the kind of offseason needs to take a step forward and be an above-average starting quarterback on a sustainable basis? Unlikely. I'd be
1: fucking shocked if he misses only nine months.
0: Here's hoping that it's better than it looked. Uh, Not anyway, shocked in a good way. Yeah. but It's early in the season. They likely will probably go and get... I mean, really, even with Indiana's shortcomings on offense... Can't you go to a graduate senior guy, like a, somebody who's played a few years, and be like, hey, you want to start for a year in the Big Ten? I know they got a
1: former uh, top 100 player, uh, out of Clemson, uh, Eddie Williams, was it? Uh, receiver from Clemson. I'm not sure. Um, of course, they also lost Bloomington native Desan McCullough. Yeah. To their George Karloftis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they lost him to Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, that's an inspiring situation in Norman, of course. About
0: all you can say from the Indiana perspective is because of the fan base's preference for basketball, during basketball season, Tom Allen can just sink into the background like Homer Simpson receding into the bushes in that excellent meme. Um, okay, Michigan State. Well, now that's true.
1: <clears throat> now that's true, now that they're like kind of, kind of good.
0: Good, or at least good enough that people feel... A good use of their time is to handwrite a vicious, critical letter to their star player and send it through the mail with their name on it. Sooner or later, all the people whose entire personalities are built around remembering Bob Knight will be gone from the planet. Anyway, Michigan State put together a very strong recruiting class considering the results they had on the field. number of promising pieces in the portal as well. In the last couple days, Marco Coleman, defensive line coach, returned to his alma mater, Georgia, where Michigan State hired away him away from before this year. So I was like, all right, bye. Uh, the new coach there was on the staff when you left. And you're going back to, okay, whatever. Uh, easy come, easy go, I suppose. The guy who they really wanted to keep anyway was Brandon Jordan, kind of their other defensive line coach, the guy who works with all the NFL players. Um, so as long as he doesn't get swiped, it's probably fine. But they've, and then Jeff Pietrowski entered the portal today. So (laughs) that thing I told you about, so something, oh, yeah, we have a conversation that prompted me to glance at the last couple recruiting classes D'Antonio put together in 2019 and 2020. Now that Jeff Pietrowski has entered the transfer portal, we're down to 14 out of 40 players from those two classes who end up being decent players for Michigan State. So, just got to keep in perspective exactly what kind of rebuild Tucker has to do here. I'm trying to, but it's really easy to lose track of when he's lining up for a field goal against Indiana after seeing what his kicking game did all year. So anyway.
1: Kenneth Walker would have to play at least, would have to be like a Pro Bowl level for like at least, what, six, seven seasons to make as much money for himself as he made for Mel Tucker? Yes.
0: At the running back position, even a pro bowler is making, what, like $14, 15000000 a year or something yeah. like that?
1: Kind of have to become a superstar. Yeah, you
0: would have to have like a Zeke Elliott kind of career. <laughs> and he could. I mean, like, he's on track already. I can't imagine the Seahawks are going to resign Rashad Penny. He's on the bench of my fantasy t- dynasty team. So Nebraska has kind of flown under the radar since Matt Rule took the job. Um, more transfer activity outward than inward, but that's kind of to be expected. And not an exodus by any means. His track record suggests they're going to be absolutely awful in year one, but then improve pretty quickly after that. So, when they're like two and eight or something, it's gonna be kind of hard to be patient for Nebraska fans. But you gotta remember what this what the situation is that he inherited.
1: I don't recall him doing anything embarrassing at Baylor either.
0: Right, he's not gonna make all your rivals want to dunk on you. That's that's a good start. <laughs> we can improve, we can improve from there, and less. Last He's not and
1: fuck around with Indiana and find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so he might actually get you a victory over the Hoosiers at some point in his first five years. Hard as that is probably to imagine at the moment. And then last and absolutely definitely no question least, Northwestern, after a one eleven season with an eleven game losing streak, fired defensive coordinator Jim O'Neill and also receivers coach Dennis Springer and defensive line coach Marty Long. So at least Pat Fitzgerald is online enough to understand that nobody has a no-changes-after-1-11 and type of leash, not even him. So that's something for the Wildcats out
1: there. Imagine being the athletic director that has to stare down the barrel of firing campus legend Pat Fitzgerald, who can credibly point to that new football facility and say, I built that, by the way. That's because people believe in me. And then also potentially uh, if things go off the rails things have started well for them this year but if things go off the rails considering firing the only basketball coach that ever took a men's team <laughs> to the tournament ever
0: and then try to if you don't improve on those guys markedly <laughs> how long do you think you're going to have a job?
1: It's a th- okay, I do not envy that guy
0: he's getting paid lots of money and if they fire him they have to pay him all of it so
1: yeah, okay, that's why, that guy. that's that's why you get buy him. okay never mind I envy that guy you're right <laughs>